welcome to the Cycle Systems Academy podcast. And it's been a while, but uh, things have been uh, incredibly hectic in the world of Cycle Systems Academy, and Sean's been too busy to sit down at a microphone. So welcome back, Sean. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to, to be back recording. Yeah, I was um, teaching lots and lots of courses through the summer, and then we've moved the academy. So we've now left London. Cycle <laughs> Systems has left the building. We're now in South Devon on the edge of Dartmoor and we're going to be reopening in January 2015. And that's fantastic because I mean people can come and get trained and have a holiday as well. Well yeah we found that most of our students were from outside London anyway and obviously accommodation is expensive in London. It's not necessarily where everyone wants to go on holiday. We're now in a really beautiful place for cycling and we found an accommodation, really nice bike friendly accommodation for as little as £40 a night. Which, I mean, it sounds ideal. I'll have to come down and we can record some podcasts. I'll, I'll cover yeah. my holidays. I've got to say, I was out with the dogs just before we started recording in a long sleeve t shirt and a pair of shorts. So it seems strangely appropriate that we're going to discuss uh, prepping your bike for winter. Yeah, but it's that time of year, isn't it? It's just starting to turn. You're just starting to think about um, putting the nice winter, summer steed away, maybe not riding the same tyres, same wheels, etc. So we just thought we'd see what um, people may want to do, you know, sort of what the current trends are, whether they're worth following or not. One thing I've noticed, and we've discussed on Twitter before, and I hope we've not mentioned it on the show before, but there does seem to be an absence of the winter bike. You know, you go out in the winter and people will be on exactly the same rig as the summer. Same frame, same wheels, even the same tyres. And this isn't, you know complete newcomers either because in cycling clubs as well I've noticed there's not necessarily even winter tyres being ridden I, I think you're exactly right I was going to bring it up if you didn't I mean I've seen people out on you know quite posh cervellos still with their carbon rims on at a time where you know your sensible club cyclist will be on his uh, full mudguards winter wheels and an appropriate tyre and I think that's fine if you've got more money than sense but you're not respecting the people you're riding with because you need mudguards to protect them as well as to protect your bike, your, you know, yourself and your componentry. And actually, you're putting yourself at a wee bit of risk because tyres that are entirely appropriate for summer riding, for winter maybe you know, either incredibly slippy or prone to puncture so you're stuck out there in really cold conditions and having to you know, potentially chill down in the middle of a ride, you're far better to have a dedicated winter bike and that's what we're going to talk about. Yeah, that's right. And for the people that can't quite stretch to that, at least the changes you can make to your bike in order to um, winterise it somewhat. And, no, uh, all our listeners are loaded, mate. <laughs> no, they've probably got garages full of, full of rain bikes. Well, certainly. I mean, let's look at the tyres the first and then, then go from there. Obviously, you can get Schwalbe Marathon Plus tyre, whack it on your bike. They do a 700 by 25 size. And you're not going to have any flat tyres. Mm-hmm. Okay, so absolutely great. But as we know, the huge puncture breaker they've got in there, it's absolutely massive, is going to add a lot of rolling resistance to the ride. And you'll find yourself pedalling furiously downhill in someone's slipstream when they just coast down a lower rolling resistance. So we've got this balance of a tyre that's going to be fast enough and supple enough and have enough grip on the compound for, you know, um, keeping up on, on the club run, mm-hmm. but also something that's not going to be, you know, flatting 
all the time. And it's quite interesting recently because a lot of what I'd call bad weather race tyres are now being sold in larger versions and being marketed as winter tyres. I'm not necessarily sure if that's a good thing or you know a good idea, but it's certainly a new market that the tyre manufacturers have seen. One example of this is the Vittoria Open Parve tyre. Mm-hmm. So it's the one with the green stripe. It's the one you see all over the classics, written in the tubular version. And it is a, a race tyre. You know, it's a very lightweight, very fast tyre, but it's got 320 threads per inch, a cotton open tubular, wonderful sort of grippy compounds and nice tough tyre. It's got some protection built in, but it's not built to be a, a even a training tyre, never mind a winter training tyre. I've been riding the 27mm version over the past month. I've just got out riding again. I've got a new club now. I'm in Mid-Devon CC, lovely group of people. Mm-hmm. They've been taking me over uh, the hills of Dartmoor, making my knees creak and my body get used to riding again. And for this time of year, for sort of early autumn, those tyres have been wonderful. And I'm riding the 27mm size on the 23mm wide zip 404 crest rims. So it's a perfect combination. They seem to do everything that they're supposed to do in their reviews. They're comfortable, they're tough. The roads around here are pretty pretty rough, you know, lots of gravel, lots of uneven surfaces, lots of potholes, and they've been great to ride so far. But obviously I'll be putting the zips away very, very soon. Not had any wet rides yet, and I'll be swapping over. But there's a lot of these tyres that people are looking at, sort of 27, 28 mil which are essentially really quite lightweight, 250, 260 grams. And they're not necessarily the tyres you want to take all the way through the winter. No, I mean, I've been riding Conti Grand Prix in a 25 during the summer. Yeah. And really fast tyre, beautifully comfortable. But with, you know, the flints being washed onto the road and that sort of thing, I notice already they're cutting up a bit more than they did before. So I'm retiring them and I'm going over to my winter tyres. So just because it's a 25, I mean, you see a lot of people thinking, oh, we've gone to bigger tyres that will do the same thing. It's actually, it's the tyre construction as much as the size. And there is a point where you'll save yourself money putting your race tyres away and saving them for next year. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, what we've got is there's a lot of these sort of um, cobbled classic type tyres like Challenge as well as Vittoria do these wonderful open tubular tyres. And I know Scott from Bike Shop Show has, you know, done a whole shows about them. The um, Pergi Roubaix tyre that they do is sort of being re-released for 2014. Yeah. It goes up to 260 threads per inch. No, it's going up to 300 from 260. It's going to have a double layer puncture belt, so and it's it's available in a twenty seven as well. So it looks like Challenge, for example, are beefing the tire up in order to make it um, suitable for more winter riding. But they're also increasing the threads per inch to keep the suppleness and the low rolling resistance as they do that. Yeah. I mean, the other thing you need to look at is the price of these things, though. Mm. I mean. It's all very well. I was joking about our, our listeners being loaded before. But if you look at, say, you know, a County Grand Prix four season, which is you know, your, your classic kind of fastest winter tyre for me, it's it's 43 quid. You know, yeah. it's not cheap. But it's still a lot cheaper than buying a, you know, a bespoke race tyre. Um, 
is there anything, any benefit in just fitting cheap and cheerful for the winter? I would say not. That was good, because that was a leading question, and that was the answer I was hoping that you'd give. I've never found cheap to be cheerful with tyres. I mean, you know, I love wheels, I love tyres. Teaching the wheel building on the courses is probably my favourite thing, especially the Level 3 Advanced Wheel Building. But I really love tyres as well as an extension. And while you've got some, you know, people who are commuting, you're on a real budget and they can't spend more than £15 per tyre, for people doing sort of leisure riding or racing or serious training, it's the place to spend your money. Mm -hmm. You know, don't spend it on a carbon stem. Don't spend it on a, a super-duper seat post. Spend it on the tyres, you know. So what we're looking at is the, the tread on the tyre and, you know, sort of whether we want, um, you know, any sort of tread at, at all on there or completely um, slick. There seems to be a bit of a debate as to that file tread you have on a lot of bad weather tyres is actually beneficial or not. There's research that says it is, and there's research that says it isn't. Mm -hmm. The reason for that is the compound, okay, which is the actual type of rubber used. And many tyres will have a dual compound, so the compound for when you're riding is real hard, so it's low rolling resistance, but as you lean over on the corners, you've got a softer compound for better grip. Yeah, exactly that. You know, your cent your central your central tread will be a harder compound with less grip because yeah. it's easy to stay upright. You know, because you're moving in a straight line. But when you lean the bike over, it will be something softer, and that adds durability, but it also reduces rolling resistance. I mean, that's the perfect thing, and that's not cheap. You know, that's where you can't make a tire cheaply because they're combining different durometers of, of rubber on the same carcass. So you know, it, you need to spend the money. You do, and then. With, with the um, actual puncture proofness, which is obviously very, very important, what we're looking at is protective layers of Kevlar. And there'll be one or even two layers of Kevlar there just to prevent punctures. And of course, they come in all different shapes and sizes and adding to the weight, but also the puncture proofness of the attire. And it really is going to be up to the rider to decide do they just want to go out and not even think about flats, or do they want to, say, with a GP four season? have a reasonably tough tyre, but it's certainly not bomb-proof. I mean, in my experience, even the gator skin, even the gator skin hard shell, which are the next level up in terms of toughness, are certainly not immune to punctures. No, and what I would say, I mean, from my own observation, it's a really difficult balance because, you know, when I was commuting five days a week in all sorts of really horrible weather, I went for the most bomb-proof tyre I could get and accepted the fact that I was going to be maybe two miles an hour slower because it, it can be that much, you know, it can be 10% of your speed. Um, but now that I only go out when I feel like it and you know it, it might start raining or snowing when I'm out, I'd prefer to have something that's a bit more supple and rides you know a bit more enjoyable. So you need to fit the tire to you know to the purpose that you're, you are. If you're a recreational rider, yeah, you could probably stick with something like you know the the open tubular through the winter if you're only going out in nice weather. But if you absolutely have to be out there, then you're going to go for something bomb proof. So match the tire to what you want to do. Well, that's it. I mean, it's, I don't use one set of tyres through the winter. I remember once um, I was doing a ride from Oxford to London. And the great thing about that, they've got these buses that go back and forth, and which, which take bikes, it's about a tenner. And I was getting the bus um, to Oxford to meet up with a friend to ride back to London. And I could see horizontal snow, you know, as we were going, going up the M40. And I thought, am I mad? 
you know, to, to be doing this. But we got there and we did the ride. And for that ride, I had specialised all-conditioned armadillo tyres, mm-hmm. which are over 300 grams each, but they're absolutely rock-solid. They're double Kevlar belt. They've got reinforced sidewalls. It wasn't a quick ride, but I was pedalling, keeping warm the whole time. Yeah, that's, that's somewhere where you don't want to stop and fix a puncture. So let's cut to the chase. Um, what would we recommend for people? It's impossible to recommend one particular thing. And there's some I'm going to have to wait till after this year. Because remember last autumn we did record and we mentioned this when we were talking about wheels. And I said, oh yeah, this winter I'm going to go tubeless and see how it goes. Mm-hmm. For the best of all worlds. Because the idea being that the tubeless has got low rolling resistance. Feels reasonably fast and nippy, but it's real puncture proof as well. Because that's my experience with the off-road tubeless systems. Well, I didn't ride last winter. I was just working, 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 absolutely crazy hours. So this winter, I've got myself a set of um, Fulcrum Racing 3s mm-hmm. with the Hutchinson Intensive Tyres with some nice sealant in there. So I'll tell you after this winter how that went because, the, as I say, I'm convinced with mountain bike tubeless. But for the road tubeless, what a lot of people are saying, I've been asking people on Twitter and Facebook and students that come is that the much higher pressures of the um, the road wheels means that when you get a flat, the sealant will seal, but you'll get squirted, and the bike will get squirted with sealant before it seals up. And, of course, you're going to spend longer cleaning this dried sealant off the bike than you would have done fixing the flat. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, because I, I, I'm the same. I've found that tubeless in the mountain bike has been, other than the occasional frustration fitting the bloody things in the first place, um, has been absolutely brilliant. I definitely puncture a lot less than I do, and when I did have a catastrophic one, I took the chance to examine the tyre and see how many small punctures it had saved, and it was it was about 10 or 12, you know, it was a decent number. But with road tubeless, although intellectually it seems perfect, I've heard exactly the same thing as you, so I think the the jury's still out. There's good arguments for it being able to run at low pressure or lower pressure than a tube because you don't get pinch flats and that sort of thing. But having 80 PSI in there, I mean, I think we've all been sitting in the house when a tube's gone bang spontaneously. Mm. So imagine that sort of energy squirting fluid out (laughs) of a tyre onto your expensive Asos uh, longs. (laughs) Well, um, I'm going to be my own guinea pig for that this winter. So all I can recommend for anyone, um, I know Tweety Mike, who has a great conversation with us on Twitter, has been um, wanting to get these Hutchinson Sector 28s. Yeah, they're interesting. Yeah, they, they certainly look great and um, like to give those a go at some point. But again, jury's out, so really pays your money, takes your choice. But my recommendation would be to have several sets of tyres for the winter, have something really solid and bomb-proof for the really bad days. And then something, my favourite actually, well, I've got two favourites for the not-so-bad days, and they are the, the Vittoria Open Parves and also the Vittoria Quattro Tricomp. And they're just absolutely wonderful, fast, tough tyres. Yeah, I mean, my, my two favourites are the, you know, the, the old faithful gator skin, you know, not the absolutely armadillo, sorry, that's trademarked by Specialised, we'll get sued. <laughs> not the absolutely bomb-proof one, just the ordinary gator skin, because it's supple enough to feel like you're still having some fun riding the bike, but it definitely does dramatically reduce the number of punctures you've got. But if, you're, you know, if your bike can take something a bit bigger, and one of the good things going forward is I notice far more bikes capable of taking a 28, for example, now. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of fun riding 
uh, marathons, but not the, the traditional old Tory ones, the Marathon Supreme, which are about 40-odd quid, but they're stupid light and they roll really well, and they seem not to puncture too much. So those are the two that I'm having fun with just now. If you want to break into the bike trade, train your staff, or even learn some new skills just for fun, Cycle Systems Academy has a course for you. Our graduates come to us from all over the globe and train with us to gain the highest recognised cycle mechanic qualifications available. The bike industry supports and believes in Cycle Systems Academy, which means they'll believe in you too. Now, we mentioned at the start of the show something that I think is certainly looking at the roads around Peebles, looking at riders who I see, you know, either in club runs or out on their own. Um, not enough people have got mudguards on their bikes, and there's no excuse. I mean, the days when you had to muck about with SKS, chromoplastic ones, all sorts of P clips, zip ties. You know, and it, it was actually, it was almost a work of art getting a set of mudguards on a quickish bike. Yeah. You can buy any number of really easy to fit, very effective things that will fit really quite racy bikes. Yeah, there's there's some really good ones out there. I mean, all of them, there's, for some reason, mudguards are always hassle. I mean, mechanics hate mudguards, mechanics hate charities, mechanics hate chain guards, any, any extras like that. And um, even the clip-on ones, it's not like a mountain bike guard that you just clip and there you go, you're ready to go like the old crud catchers and what have you there's always a bit of hassle in getting it set up and then when they are on the clip on types um, you know such as the um, you know the, the crud road racer that sort of thing they're now made long enough to actually give decent coverage mm-hmm. but there's quite a large distance between the um, attachment and the bottom flap and they do whack around a lot yeah so there's always going to be a compromise between how well they hold on the bike and how much actual coverage they're given. If you look at, say, the Tope Peak Defenders, which are another type of clip-on guard for road bikes, they're going to keep your bum reasonably dry, but in a club run, you're still going to be spraying the, the cyclist behind you. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what I would say is, if you, if, if you do have the luxury... Get a bike that'll actually take mudguards and, and just fit proper ones onto, you know, eyelets on the frame. Yeah. Because there is nothing better. You know, there's far less rolling and, and, and rattling. You can fit a decent mud flap so you'll keep your feet drier, you know, you'll keep the people you're riding with drier and safer because they won't you know, they'll be able to see where they're going, they won't be splattered by your spray. Uh, but you can still get some quick bites. And there's some amazing value things out there just now. I mean, I saw you were talking about Tweety Mike, he posted uh, a link to a review of the new Rally Maverick, yeah, which is you know it's a thousand pounds for a one hundred five equipped bike with uh, with hydraulic discs, and takes mud guards easily and a decent size attire. I've seen people pay that for a wheel, you know, and you can get an entire bike that will see you right through the winter, and it, it'll be a far better solution. Absolutely, I mean, obviously, you know, the the winter specific bike, you know, is very very worthwhile because. Your main bike for the summer, it's obviously going to have, you know, reasonably nice kit on there. And with the road salt out on the roads and bad weather, you certainly don't want to be exposing it if you can. So, yeah, yeah, the winter bike is definitely the way forward. And as you say, it will have things such as mudguard eyes. It will, because the thing about fitting mudguards is there's only so much clearance if you've got your caliper brakes on there. So you may have a frame which will take your 28 mil tyres, and you think, great, I've got some Hutchinson 28 mil tyres. Then you fit the mud guards, and all of a sudden there's no room for them. So what you're having to look at is the a frame which has got some deep drop 
brakes on there, but it's going to make room for the slightly larger tyre and also for the mudguard. And also a frame with the mudguard attachments, as you say, is brilliant. Yeah. And I mean, that that's obviously the best solution. And I think for the next show, we should look at the options that are available for that because it's, it's far wider than it used to be. Do you have a preference for the clip-on ones? I mean, I really like the, the race blade longs, but that might just be habit. You know, I haven't tried anything since I got them because they fit well and I've just taken the same pair off and on, you know, each winter. But there's a lot more out there just now. I mean, there's the crud one, which you mentioned, which yeah. is kicking on for long enough to stop some spray now. Uh, but... <sighs> None of them are a perfect solution. You are going to be fettling them through the winter as they as they shake and rattle loose compared to one that's mounted on an islet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I'll be perfectly honest. As a mechanic, I just despise mudguards. I really, really don't like them. I haven't got a favourite. But one I'd like to try this winter is the Bontranger Nebula. They look really interesting. They've got these ball joints that remain on the bike and you just clip them on and off. And they look to have a nice coverage, but also the placement of the attachments on the guard to me looks like it's going to move the least out of the ones that are available so i'm quite a big fan of a lot of bontranger equipment actually their hard shell tires are pretty good while we're while we're on the subject so yeah for me bontranger interchange nebula mm -hmm. the i'm going to go but i'll still hate them same with guns yeah, aesthetically, they make your bike look rubbish. Uh, unless you've got a bike that's designed for them from the start. I would also say, I mean, I've seen people using things like the ass savers, which we saw first in Milan San Remo in the terrible weather last year. And you can get them all sorts of logoed up now and they clip neatly under your saddle. And they might keep your bum a bit happier, but I keep coming back to the fact if you're going to ride in a group, you have to think about how what comes off your wheels affects the people behind you. And they're utterly useless for that. But let's take a break. We'll be back next week to continue this discussion. And thanks for listening to the Cycle Systems Academy podcast.